Let's open our Bibles, Titus chapter 3, please. We are marching through the book of Titus. I'm in a little series now called Changed. Changed. The work of God in a life. And, and uh, thinking about the life of Billy Graham, too, you know, he, like I said, he was a farmer. He worked on a, a, a farm, and uh, yet God took him and used him, uh, and God can take each one of us and use us. But he was changed by God's work in his life by surrendering to Jesus Christ. Let's read verses 3 through 5 together. Titus chapter 3, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He saved us. Changed. The, the first part uh, we looked at last week is the way we were. This idea, you know, of, of B.C., before Christ in our lives. This before and after. Does something happen? Something takes place inside of a human life, a human heart that changes us from the inside out. But, but to look back to see what we were, you know, the old me. In Titus, we, we looked at those verses there. He said, you know, we were foolish. We, we talked about Ephesians as well. says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins before we were saved. We were foolish. We were disobedient. We were deceived. Enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. These are the things that, that made up who we were before this change took place in our lives. We were pretty much sold out to do anything. We had no understanding. We had, we had this concept that there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Full of disobedience, we are deceived in so many different ways. We thought there was no sin, no such thing as sin. We thought that it doesn't matter what I do. I can do whatever I want. God, if there is a God, he's not going to do anything. He's not going to care anyways. We were discontented. We had malice. We had hate. We were not willing to forgive. But something happened. Something happens in a heart. Something takes place within the soul. He was changed. Paul was changed by the power of God. You can read his story in the, in the book of Acts on the road to Damascus. Incredible, this story that took place. But, but he says that his kindness and love saved him. His kindness and love is what saves you and I. It's not because of our righteousness. Righteousness is not because of what we have done. But because of His mercy, that's what we read there in verse 4 and 5. But what I want to talk about today is, is, the, is, is the other side of it, you know. Now, I looked at this, and, and I really like this picture, but the idea of B.C. and A.D., and I'll explain a little bit in a minute, but this, this idea of B.C. and A.D., now what is that? 
It's a, it's a, it's a way for our calendar, right? To, it's a dividing point in our calendar, right? In the calendar that we currently use. Is that correct? Okay, so BC stands for what? And AD stands for? Right. Now, a lot of people, you know, would say, well, AD stands for after death. And that's why this picture is not exactly correct. But let me explain it. Anno Domini means the year of the Lord or year of our Lord. Anno means year. And Domini means Lord. It's Latin. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm quite fluent in Latin. Let me say it to you again. Anno Domini. Doesn't that sound Latin to you? You stay out of it. <laughs> so, so really, it, it, this dividing point in history, it, 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 it came when Jesus came to the earth at his birth, right? It wasn't, you know, from, from before he came and then to his death, because then there'd be a whole, like, 30, what, 33-year period of time, which would be unaccounted for. So really, it is from his birth in the year of the Lord. In the year that the Lord came to the earth, and from then on is where we count A.D., right? Now, there's a, there, you know, they're, they're actually a few years off. They don't exactly have it right, but that's you know, not that important. What is important that, is that everything changed, right? There was a, and, and we use it in our calendar. Now, now the world, and, and uh, you, you see this, they've changed the letters, right? Instead of B.C., it says what? B.C.E., before the common era, so they call it the common era, and, and C.E., instead of, instead of A.D., it's, it's C.E., which means the common era, meant like the common era. But the weird thing about it is, and I think it's kind of ridiculous, that we're going to change the names of what, you know, what they mean, but the fact of the matter is, the turning point, the dividing point, is still the same. It's the birth of Jesus Christ. So you can call it all kinds of different stuff, but, but it, there's something happened to the planet Earth when Jesus Christ came. It was enough that they changed the calendar to reflect that. Now, it, it happened, you know, it didn't happen, you know, at 1 A.D. or 5 A.D. or 100 A.D. Anyways, it, somebody first came up with the A.D. Uh, like in the 500s, like 525 A.D. And even then it didn't catch on for like a few hundred years. And then they came up later with the B.C. part. But the fact is, this is what we use now, that something changed. There's this dividing point in history. Now, why do I like this picture? Is because for you and I, as human beings, this is, what, this is what I see. Before Christ, and then we come to the cross in our lives, and then it's Anno Domini, where after Christ is in our lives, where he is Lord. Because that's what Domini means, Lord. We come to a place where we surrender to him. We come to the cross, we surrender to him, we call him Lord. And he changes us, he works in us, we receive him, we, receive him, we believe in him, we confess him, and he saves us. He saves us. Let me put on the screen for you Romans chapter 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is what? Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
So there's this idea of believing, but, but what are you believing? What are you confessing? That Jesus is Lord. Now that word Lord means what? It means master. It means one in charge, one over you. The, you know, the lords in, uh, in uh, Great Britain, you know, who, who are in the government, you know, they have power. They're the ones that are over the people, right? Well, this word Lord means Lord. And so if you and I confess him as Lord, the only way we're going to be saved is if we confess him as Lord, the one over us, who has the say over us, we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. We will be saved. That's how we get there. But keep that, keep that thought in mind for a minute. This idea of that, that we're radically changed, but at the same time we're being changed, right? How many of you have arrived? You've got it all together. You're the believer that, you know, I mean, Paul the Apostle, incredible believer, right? He says in the book of Philippians, he says, not that we have already arrived, not that I've already arrived, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He, he again says it later, he says, I press on, you know, to reach the prize for the goal. I want to get there. I'm going to do everything I can, forget what's behind me and reach towards what is ahead of me. So Paul knew that there was this idea, there was this, this changing that was, that was taking place. He hadn't gotten there yet, but he also knew that something had changed within him. Something was, was different on the inside. God had saved him. God had given him life that he did not have before. I remember... I remember clearly, I, you know, I, I surrendered, I, I, I trusted in Jesus Christ. I didn't understand hardly any of it, but I, I, you know, prayed to receive Jesus Christ and trust him. And I knew when I woke up the next morning, I knew something was different inside of me. Now, was, was my life all changed and made perfect and everything was, was great and wonderful after that? No. It still isn't. But I want to say this to you today, and listen to this very, very closely, please, because this is very, very important. This change starts on the inside. This change that God does as we receive Him, it starts on the inside, but it works its way out. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? And I want to say this to you, if there is no change on the outside, maybe there's no change on the inside. Do you hear that? If, if, if it isn't working its way out in, into our lives and how we live and in, in, in how, we, how we go about our daily business in this world, there may not be anything on the inside. I'm not saying that to scare you. Well, maybe I am. If, if God has truly saved us, well, it is going to affect the way we live. It is going to work its way out. It has to. It has to because of this radical change that takes place within us. When the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us, God himself comes and lives within us, and he, and he takes that dead spirit and he makes a brand new live spirit, how can it not begin to work its way out? 
So, we look at this list here and the way we were, we're saved from these things, but I also believe that we're saved from and saved to. Right? We're not just, okay, he took care of all that stuff and now I can do whatever I want to do. Now it doesn't matter. We're saved too. And, and if we look at these here, he, he says that we're saved to life. We are alive. We have eternal life. We're saved to live. I like what, what uh, uh, one of them said. Was it Billy Graham or was it uh, Franklin? He said, if you, how did he say it? He said, uh, you know, Oh, I don't remember. Never mind. He was talking about having this purpose in our lives, or you know, having what we're saved uh, for. Jesus said these words, though. He said, "This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent." We're saved to eternal life, and he said he explained it. What is eternal life? He says it's knowing Him. It's having a relationship with God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son. If you have maybe prayed a prayer, but you don't have any life that's in you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, maybe that work has not taken place yet. That's a hard thing for me to say. But it's a crucial thing to say. It's important because without this change that happens within us, we're not looking forward to heaven like Billy Graham was. Please hear me. We're saved to wisdom, not foolishness. We're saved to the wisdom that there is a God, that that we have this spiritual understanding, that, that we can understand what God's Word says. We're saved to obedience. It matters. I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, please. Turn back to the Gospel of Luke. In chapter 6, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, starting in verse 46. I'll get there. Luke, chapter 6, verse 46. Listen to these words. These are radical words. Jesus is saying these words. Don't matter what I say. It matters what God says. It it matters what Jesus says. It matters what His Word says. Look what it says in verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Isn't that what I've just been saying? That that this is what saves us as we, we, we... This change that takes place where He is now our Lord. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Call Jesus Lord and do not do what He says. What do we call that? It's a hypocrite. I'm I'm going to call you Lord, but I'm not going to do what you say. An oxymoron as well, maybe? It, it, It doesn't add up though, right? Don't call someone Lord if you're not going to let Him be the Lord in your life. He goes on to give an explanation. He says, I will show you what He is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. 
on rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. The one who calls him Lord, Lord, and then does what he says, he says it's like building a strong house. And and when those storms come, and they will, and they do, they won't be shaken. It's being well built. But verse 49, the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground, on sand, without a foundation. And the the moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed. Its destruction was complete. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I said? We're called, we are called, we're saved from disobedience back now in 2 the third chapter of Titus. We're saved from disobedience to obedience, that we would do what He wants us to do, that we would obey Him. We're saved from deception. We're not deceived anymore. We're, we're, we're in the truth. That's why we have this armor. The first one is the, the belt of truth. We buckle this belt of truth. We're, we're not deceived anymore. The, the world is deceived thinking that you know there is no truth and the, the truth about who God is and it doesn't matter, but it does matter. And you and I, when we surrender to him, we know the truth now. Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. We're not deceived. We can't say, well, I didn't know. We're saved to freedom. We're saved to freedom. I like that. We're not enslaved. We're set free by God. That's where true freedom comes from, doesn't it? From the cross, from Jesus. We're saved to, to have goodwill towards others. We're not living in malice. We're not living in envy. We have some contentment within our souls. We're content with what God has given us. And lastly, love. We're, we're letting go of hate and, and we're forgiving as we've been forgiven. Wow, that's a mouthful, huh? But you know, this is, this is one I, what, what, I, what I feel so strongly about is that there's a change. We've been changed on the inside, radically changed, and we're also being changed. There's something that happened from B.C. to A.D. where we, before Christ is in our lives, and then we surrender to Him and we call Him Lord, and He is now the Lord of our lives. There's this dividing point. But you have heard it said, right, that God loves us the way we are. But He loves us too much, what? To leave us that way. He wants to change us. He wants to do something in our lives. And it starts on the inside and it works its way out. Now again, does that mean that we're perfect? We've got it all down? No, no, it doesn't. But at least we're heading in that direction. We're heading in the direction of obedience. We don't, we don't have all these things down. We haven't, you know, we haven't arrived. We haven't got these things to perfection. But we're heading in that direction. How do you know? It, you know by the direction of your life. Do any of these things matter at all? If they do not, then that that pretty much speaks about the direction of my life, of your life. At least, 
we're heading in the right direction. Again, I'll say it again. If there's no change on the outside, maybe there's no change on the inside. We're still dead. We're still foolish. Still disobedient, deceived, enslaved, and all the rest. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 13. Listen carefully. He said, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. What, what was the test? Is Jesus truly in me? Is this change, is it happening? Is, is God working in my life because Jesus is in my life? Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Why do I feel so strongly about this? Because I know. I know that there are people that, that come who sit here week after week in church and never Get it. May it not be that you came here and you didn't go to heaven because you did not understand. That I didn't make it clear to you that you didn't understand what you needed to do and what God wants to do in your life and surrendering to that, surrendering to Him as Lord in your life. May it not be that I'm going to stand before him and, and he's going to say, you didn't, you didn't teach it clearly. You didn't make it clear enough. I want you to know clearly what he's asking. Number one is, is to give your life to him and surrender to him to be born again, and, and that he would come in and give you brand new eternal life. But, to, but two, on the other side of that, is, is to get there is to call him Lord. And to live for Him. If we're not calling Him Lord, if we're not doing what He says, then perhaps He isn't in our lives. Perhaps it hasn't taken place. I want to encourage you more than anything that you would surrender on both levels today. Changed, radically changed. B.C. to A.D. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, I just want to take a moment to be quiet before you. To quiet our hearts before you. These are radical words. there's been a change that's taken place in our hearts and lives that it changes us and it is changing us as we surrender to you as Lord. Father, I pray for each person listening that number one, that they would know that their sins are forgiven at the cross through coming to the cross and believing that, that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried, that he rose again from the dead to pay the price for my sin. 
That's the password to get into heaven. It's the cross. I hope you've made that decision. I hope you've surrendered to him. I would hate to know that you came here and you didn't, didn't know that you needed to surrender and give your life to Jesus. That it's the only way, the only hope. You can do it now. You can simply pray with me and say, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Save me. I ask you to be my Lord. I ask you to be my Savior today. And, and for, the, for those of us that have, that have made that decision already, Lord, we, we come and, and we're all somewhat hypocritical. We, we don't have it down, but we want to call you Lord and mean it and to do what you say, to follow you, to live for you, to live according to your word the best that we can. Help us, Lord. Our spirits are willing, our flesh is weak. But help us to, to press, to press on, to press toward the goal for the prize of that, high, of that high calling in Christ Jesus. Help us, Lord, to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.